what's going on, Los Angeles? What's up, Ramley? Welcome to the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network and live on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you, everyone, for making us a part of your day, making us hopefully your number one choice for Rams talk. But even if we're second, third, fourth, fifth option, we're still an option. So we appreciate it and happy to be coming to you on a bye week. No preview because there's no game this weekend. Rams are on a much needed bye to hopefully get healthy. Obviously, Matthew Stafford with what he is dealing with in his UCL. They've added a major player that we're going to talk about uh, to that QB room and just other things needed to be addressed through the bye week. So we're going to keep this light and breezy, talk some expectations. Hopefully uh, they're kicking back, relaxing a little bit, but not too much because obviously as a, you know, three and what is it? Three and six now, three and six football team. uh, A lot of things need to be adjusted in order to turn this season around. But first, my man, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson, Rams beat writer, managing editor here at the LA Football Network. What's going on, brother? How are we doing on this fine Friday? Oh, I'm doing uh, just fine. Um, you, you caught me off guard there by saying Friday because uh, the show goes on Friday, but it's Thursday. But hey, yes. Thursday's great. I just got my haircut, looking uh, looking high and tight on the sides, feeling good. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, another day in paradise. Uh, another day doing what I love. So uh yeah, I was telling you uh, off air that I was on a couple of Green Bay Packers uh, uh, podcasts. So if you have any Packers fans in your life and you want to introduce them to uh, Skinny T, send them over uh, to those uh, shows, the Big the Big Cheese Network. <laughs> the Big Cheese. Nice. Well done. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, for those, if you're listening on audio or radio, you need to pop over to LAFBnetwork.com or, or the YouTube channel, Rams LAFB, to just see this, this good-looking minx that i'm staring at with this haircut here looking real high and tight real fresh so what uh let's give a shout out to to your barber who's the who's the lucky barber that gets to sculpt that do veronica over at fellow barber on figueroa street here in highland park uh you know i I, for a long time i would just i would just pick out you know whatever barber you know whoever has time for me I'll, i'll just pop in and get it veronica you know she made a few comments about my hair and my head shape and and uh, you know, led me in the right direction. I feel like so now I'm I'm mm-hmm. uh, going to Veronica, fellow barber. If you're in LA, there's several locations. I don't need to give an unplayed plug, but they do a heck of a job. So uh, check them out. Unplayed plugs all we want. So it looks great. <laughs> Look at you, a Nebraska man, corn husker, out here in LA in the wild, looking like real hip hipster in Highland Park. So you know, well done. I always uh, shout out to my barber, my wife pretty easy to keep mine high and tight nice uh just take the blade off the old razor and zzz, all over so um on, on salute to troy on our trojans podcast i always get crap from our our co-host that uh i have no hair because i'm either like too stressed out or there's too much going on or or all these different <laughs> things it's like well i am thinning but it's more of a choice that uh, i want to go with this look now because you know i don't have a nice mane like you anymore it's it's too thin on the what do they call these areas? Like the widow's peak or whatever you call that? Yeah. Well, male po- pattern baldness there. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, you know, back at the very beginning of uh, the, the uh, pardon my, pardon the interruption days, PTI days, mm. they would, you know, debate, you know, shaved or just bald and you know, Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. And, you mm-hmm. know, you're a little bit of both. So I think you got it. <laughs> I guess at least I got hair in my face. I'll, I'll keep that at least. So we're good there. Um, Real quick, before we get into Rams talk, let's give a shout out to our paid plugin, Underdog Fantasy, our good friends over there at UF. Head to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app on the App Store or Google Play Store. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. That's all one word, RAMSLAFB. 
R-A-M-S-L-A-F-B. They're going to give you a match deposit up to $100. So if you first time signing up, put in $100. They're going to give you $100 free dollars to play with in their fantasy play or in the pick them, which is what we like to do. You pick two to five players across the sports spectrum. You can combine any sports as long as you have two different ones and you choose kind of the um, overs or unders that fantasy sets, fantasy underdog, underdog fantasy sets. Jeez, here we go. Um, and you just play that. So tonight's game should be a real doozy, Carolina and Chicago, but hey, you can make it more fun by playing underdog fantasy or you got plenty of NBA games, plenty of NHL, and obviously the full college and NFL slate this weekend. So underdog fantasy promo code Rams, LAFB, all one word, gets you a match deposit up to $100. Tell them the guys at the Rams skinny sent you. Bye week, my friend. It's much needed. Hopefully got that. I should have worn the Hawaiian shirt. You know, the Tommy Bahama or something. We're relaxing a little bit. Um, but we got to talk breaking news first. It's a couple days old now off the presses. After many asked for it before the Packers game, we didn't. We had it as an option. Also had some trade options. We wrote an article on LAFB Network about what the Rams should do at quarterback if Matthew Stafford needed to miss because this was a game, not only a very winnable game against the Packers, but somewhat of a must win to keep their season kind of afloat. They did not do any of that. They start Brett Rippon. It did not go well. They have since released Brett Rippon, released Dresser Win, and signed old Carson Wentz, former number two overall pick, to the active roster. So before we dive in a little deeper, your thoughts on the Carson Wentz signing, and is it a little too late? Well, uh, we'll see. Um, I think there's a chance that, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford doesn't uh, – you know, make it uh, onto the uh, onto the starting field for the for the Rams against the Seahawks. There, I think that's a very uh, serious chance. Uh, you know, the the reports aren't there that he's feeling pain in it, but he has to be able to grip a football. And yes, apparently, no apparently the thumb is an important part of uh, gripping a football. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, he's got to that that's got to be fully healed. And you don't want to put him back out there before that is fully healed. And um, you know, he's got to be able to rip it. You know, he's got to be able to move the ball that way. He's not going to do this team any favors coming back sooner. Um, you know, it's a UCL, which is, you know, kind of a interesting ligament. It's, you know, a lot of uh, baseball pitchers have it in their elbow. The Tommy John surgery is to repair the UCL, I believe. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it ends up in the thumb, apparently. And that's, you know, it's a it's a major tendon. It's a This is not a not serious injury. Uh, and it's in the throwing hand, obviously. So all that to say is that Carson Wentz might be a, a starter for the Rams uh, on Sunday uh, next week at uh, SoFi uh, following Sunday. So, yeah, I think that um, maybe maybe not too late. Um, but it also signals, I feel like, that they are serious about uh, you know making sure that they are contenders for the rest of the season in the games that they're uh, they're going to be playing. I don't know if you know, this doesn't really change their playoff chances at all, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, Carson Wentz is a guy that is a proven uh, a backup quarterback that can go in and, and win games at an NFL level where uh, you know, even Stetson Bennett wasn't Brent Rippon, you know, wasn't proven in that way. Uh, Carson Wentz, while he's not, maybe not uh, an ideal starting quarterback uh, in this league, he can win some games. Yeah, the ceiling obviously is much higher. I think that's the the benefit you get with the Carson Wentz is that that high ceiling that we've seen 
uh, obviously in his rookie and second year when second year when he was having an MVP caliber season before getting hurt against said Rams at the LA Coliseum. Um, and then obviously that team went on and won the, won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Um, but even since then, he's had flashes and he's obviously had moments of, of really poor quarterback play, which is why he was not on a team for nine weeks this season. So um, I agree with everything you said. I, I was a little, I mean, bum's not the right word, but um, disappointed, I guess, that they didn't do this last week. Um, you know, I get going into the Green Bay game. It was very unlikely that bringing someone like Carson Wentz off the streets that he was going to be ready to play. But it would have given you an extra week instead of going and signing Dresser Win as the backup to Brett Rippin, Rippin. You could have signed Carson Wentz to be the backup to Brett Rippin. Still gone with Brett Rippin because he's been here since training camp, and they felt that he gave them if Stafford couldn't go the best chances because he knew the playbook and whatnot. Obviously, we saw that went, but I understand that thinking. Um, but at least it would have given Wentz another week. Now you have the full bye week to get him exposed plus next week going into their next game against Seattle. So you kind of miss out on an extra five days of him being with the playbook, being around the team, being in the building, in the locker room and whatnot. So, you know, I'm fine with it now. I mean, it's certainly a, a move that I think is, is a good move just because he gives you that higher ceiling as a backup. I personally think Stafford will be back with the extra week. It seemed like he was close as crazy as that is. I mean, that guy's pain tolerance must be through the roof. Maybe he uh, had some, I won't even say it, but maybe, I was going to say maybe he had something to do uh, in the helping his wife in, in the delivery with all four kids and then has acquired some pregnancy pain tolerance if, in, in a way. Um, but I, the, considering he was that close against Green Bay, I think having the bye week this week means he'll be probably ready for the Seattle game. But obviously having a guy like Carson Wentz can, can give you a little you know higher ceiling talent to go into that game. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how he adapts to the playbook. If it's a Baker Mayfield like situation where um, he's able to pick things up rather quickly. Um, or if it's just a, a fun name to talk about, but we never actually see him on the field. You know, one of the, the confusing things about the Rams team is in some ways they seem so well tuned at uh, assessing talent on their roster and assessing talent around the league and, you know, finding guys like Puka Nakua in the fifth round and Cooper cup in the third round. And, but, you know, you know, John Wolford and Bryce Perkins, uh, you know, while, you know, good guys to have on the backup uh, team to run your practice squad and things, things like that were never meant to be, uh, you know, a, a, a guy that would come in and win a game for you, uh, yeah. you know, and then they come into this season with that idea that, you know, Stafford has had injuries. He's an aging quarterback. He's in his mid thirties. Oh my goodness. Mid to late thirties. Uh, Making you look real old. Oh, man. I feel it, man. Um, <laughs> you don't look it. You don't look oh, it. Look at that haircut. Look at that haircut, everyone. Beautiful. Yeah, you know that's some. You know some. It's a moisturizer, people. I, I tell you what. Um, uh, go to Keel. I wonder if people would guess if we didn't always tell them if they would guess who was older between me and you. We were just together. We should put Curious. that on a poll. Put a picture up on Twitter and see what happens. Guess yeah, our ages. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, just kind of going back to your point, it's like, it's, it's disappointing that they didn't, they didn't go in and, and pick somebody up, you know, whether that's Jamin, Jameis Winston, who I want, I don't, I don't, I don't think we talked about Carson Wentz as an option for them to go out and pick him up, but, uh, you know, in terms of trade, you know, getting Jameis Winston or somebody that's just a proven guy that, um, can do it. And they did it last year with Baker Mayfield and he came in just fresh, 
right off the plane, basically ran out there on the, they, they landed the, the plane on, on SoFi, I think. And then he yeah. ran downstairs and played and won that game in dramatic fashion. And you see with like a guy like Josh Dobbs, and I kind of wonder if it would maybe mm-hmm. knock something loose uh, in McVeigh's head where, you know, he, if he's got to pl- call a game in a, in a way that gets him out of his comfort zone a little bit, that maybe he'll, you know, just kind of pull out some of the stops and, and, and get this mm-hmm. offense back to a place where it's, it's humming and churning and, and moving the ball. And, you know, you know, we'll talk about kind of some of the adjustments we want to see coming out of this bye week, but uh, you know, I'm also disappointed that they didn't, they didn't uh, make some move come, you know, out of the trade deadline after, you know, just thinking that Stafford's thumb on his throwing hand for goodness sakes is hurt. You know, it's, yeah, this is an important part of the the quarterbacking process is the thumb, you know, it sets us apart from the monkeys. You know, we can, we can throw the football, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Yeah. So I, you know, Carson Wentz, I think, gives a obviously, a, you know, a much more veteran uh, presence, just a guy that's been on the field a whole bunch in his career, a uh, high mm-hmm. upside, but he also has the tendency to turn the ball over. We we saw, you know, in the 2021 season, um, first game, I think that was for the Rams, you know, he throws just kind of a bizarre, uh, you know, end zone kind of shovel pass that ends up in Troy Reader's arms, you know, he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, Strange decision making. Sometimes he gets uh, flustered and he's going to make some mistakes, but hopefully we're not going to see him on the field that much. And hopefully he's able to kind of pick some things up from Stafford and McVeigh and kind of rehabilitate his career. Or maybe he's just kind of a long term backup option for the Rams. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm still, uh, I'm still surprised, I guess. And this is no shade to Jared Goff because I know we have still. To this day and age, a lot of uh, Jared Goff lovers, betrothers, supporters, and I'm one of them. I love Jared Goff. I think he's great. I'm so happy to see he's doing better in Detroit. But after that rookie season, I would have never guessed that Jared Goff would be back in like top 10 QB conversations in 2023. And Carson Wentz would be on the couch until week 10 when he signed as a backup. I would have never guessed that because I thought after that, that, Rookie year and second year we saw of Carson Wentz, just the the arm talent, the the athletic ability, the what it looked like at the time real leadership skills as a young player, especially coming from a small uh, small school up in Fargo at North Dakota State. So it's it's crazy that how quickly things can change in the NFL. And you know this for him now, if he is, let's say he gets one game, let's say Stafford's not able to go for Seattle, this is now his opportunity to put more tape in his resume to go out and get a job next season. So, you know, he's older. I think he's 31, 32 around there. He's only a couple years actually younger than Stafford. I think um, surprisingly, I was actually really shocked when I saw his age. Um, Cause I did not expect him to be that old, but I guess, you know, you figured drafted in 2016 and he was already a little older, I think coming into the league. So you can, you can fact check me, but I think he's like 31. Yeah. Coming um, up on, on his 31st birthday. He's uh, uh, he's going to be uh, 31 at the end of the year. So, Gotcha. So he's running out of time to get, you know, more gigs. So he's going to need, so he's going to be busting his butt and doing that. So that can, that can lean into our next kind of thoughts here. Usually not always, but typically with the bye weeks players and staff kind of take. So basically from after the Packers game, I'm not saying the entire time, but from after the Packers game up until this coming Sunday is kind of like off time to go either travel, be with family, refresh, and then you come back after your buy, and then obviously it's all prep for the next week. So as we record this, 
the assumption is probably the guys are away from the facility outside of maybe guys watching film. It's, it's a, you know, really refresh and relax kind of situation. Um, so it's more, this is more of a question, I guess, for next week, but it can be pertaining to this week too, individually. Like, what do you want to see the true kind of, um, like, how does this team get better in the bye week outside of getting healthy, which is probably one of the most important things this team needs yet again, being struck with injuries this year. Outside of getting healthy, what is one thing that this team really needs to take from these next 10 days or so to get ready and be better for Seattle, in your opinion? So I think the the number one key for this team is to uh, kind of get this offense, again, pointed in the right direction. Um, And, you know, outside of the 2021 season, this kind of outlier where, you know, Stafford's new to the team and, you know, there's kind of like a high flying aspect back into the offense, you know, other than that year, you know, it seems like Sean McVay has gotten more conservative, um, a little bit uh, more cautious and and almost afraid to get outside of his, outside of the norm and, and put his players into new and different positions and challenging positions and, expecting them to kind of rise and, and meet the moment and, and maybe just, uh, you know, you know, try some uh, crazy, you know, plays and silly silliness that will generate yards. And, you know, we just, it seems, it seems stilted. You know, we talked about Jared Goff and, you know, in his last couple of years and it, with the Rams, it was, it was like walking through stale. mud. It wasn't, it was stale. Yeah. yeah it was, yeah. There was just nothing happening, and it's, we're getting back to that point again where it's where, and it, I'm putting it on Sean McVay. I've always been a defender, and I still think he's a top ten coach. It's there's other things outside of offensive play calling that a head coach has to do, and I think he's mm-hmm. does a lot of those things really well. And and obviously we know that he's got it in him. You know, we we've, we've seen it in flashes this year where he's able to march down the field in a two minute drill and put up points. You know, overtime in a, one game and. You know, even a couple of times just moving the ball, uh, getting the ball to Cooper Cup uh, with uh, <clears throat> Brett Rippon last week. You know, it comes comes in fits and starts and flashes and things like that. And, um, you know, so th- that's that's the element that I want to see where there's a bit more kind of um, uh, new new and innovative ideas coming out of Sean McVay specifically just so that this offense can get going. You know, I can, there's a couple of things about the defense that I can talk about that are youth based, but it's like outside of, outside of game reps, it's, it's not going to not, it's not going to change. It's the, it's the missed tackles and penalties, uh, you know, on their side of the ball. And it's, you know, that that's, that's really killing kill them on that side of the ball, but this offense is not putting up points like we thought it would outside of week one. They've really struggled. Uh, and even Stafford has, has put up good numbers in in a lot of ways, uh, but the points on the board are, are just not coming. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I hope this week for coach McVay, you know, going to be probably at home for the first time for a long period of time with his new son, you know, only what, two weeks old or so. And he gets this kind of bye week to really spend time and reflect and enjoy it. Um, so I hope he, you know, takes that all in. And then I hope that, you know, sometimes those moments are inspiring, right. And we, we see inspiration and drawn up in this play calling and, and get back to what you said of, of this creative design and, and stuff. So hopefully it gets the creative juices going, having that time off, being with family, reflecting and, and appreciating everything. Cause I think that 
yes, football is a job and it's a work, but when you, when you kind of step back and know what you're doing, and I, I think McVay is always very clear that he's so appreciative and, and loves this game so much. I'm not saying he doesn't do this, but sometimes it takes that being away for a little bit, even if it is three days, two days, 48 hours, whatever it may be, and being like, okay, um, I'm now have a refresh here and I can go into the whiteboard empty and start concocting up some fun stuff. And and I think there's an opportunity here against Seattle that they had a lot of success with against week one in Seattle in that second half specifically where they can draw on that and continue because Skinny Tito's first, really those first two to three weeks, do they play Cincinnati week three or week four? I'll have to double check, but it, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I know it was uh, early. Seattle, just say, let's go. The first two weeks, there was definitely some, some of that creativity back that we hadn't seen in some time. I think Cincinnati was week uh, three also, which there was struggles, but in the first half, or at least in that first drive, we saw the old Sean McVay. So hopefully this bye week sets that, refreshes that, and we get back to that here in week 11 when they're back. So quickly on radio, we got to take a quick break. Um, so thank you all for hanging out with us on the Mitre 1090 ESPN radio. We'll be back after the break with some Chargers talk for all you LA Chargers fans. But the other thing I want to see, Skinny, and and this is more specific to next week when they're back on the practice field. Really want to see, and I'm sure it's a point of emphasis, but red zone offense. I feel like that's definitely been an an issue for this team kind of all year long. And it, it's it's hard for any team. I mean, stuff gets tougher when you know the field shortens up and you have less room to work with. But and I think Kyron Williams, that was a huge loss on his part because I think he was very, very exceptional is probably a little too big of a word, but he was a key cog to how this offense does in the, in the red zone. But now with Cooper cup healthy and, and the Puka Nakua and you have all these other weapons, how are they going to utilize that to be successful in the red zone? Cause even against the Packers, there were opportunities there. There was turnovers. There was moments where they were able to maybe make some things happen. And they just stalled, maybe not even in the red zone yet, but like on the other side of the 50 just stalled out. So how are they going to get that consistency in the red zone? A lot of that does, when you get down there, if you're struggling with execution, sometimes it's on you as a play caller to get really innovative and creative to to free guys up. I, I see it a lot, you know, covering USC and Lincoln Riley. And there was one specifically last week where they they had a really cool kind of jet sweep to Relique Brown, who's just a, a burner. But it was a, a fake draw play, basically, almost like a Statue of Liberty then um, – reverse or jet sweep on the, the back end and he, he just walked into the end zone. So doing stuff like that, obviously those don't always work in the NFL. I'm not saying get gimmicky. I'm not saying do the, the Philly special or whatever, but there's definitely some creativity. I think that's been lacking in the red zone that will definitely help this team because you know, you got to get points and you got to get touchdowns and not just field goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I was kind of, I, I kind of did a, a bit of a dive into the, into the Rams offense a bit and kind of, looking at tendencies that they are not executing on this, this year. And um, you know, one of the things is when blitzed, they're having a really hard time coming up with answers uh, for that. And you think about, um, you know, screen passes, short passes to guys like Tyler Higby, um, uh, you know, just kind of those plays that, you know, they can, that look like they're going to only pick up one or two yards, but the, uh, a talented player can, can pick up yeah. a lot more yards, pick up some yards after the catch short passes that turn into more. And currently the person that's being targeted the most 
uh, in screen passes is Puka Nakua, and he's not doing a very good job. While he's doing fantastic things uh, around the field, he's uh, he's getting blown up. Uh, you know, he's got ten passes, just forty three yards on those on those passes uh, in 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 screen passes. That is to say, and um, you know, it's just not working for him. But then, if you look at other people that they have on the roster, you know, Kyron Williams has been out, but. He, he was doing a nice job in that role. Mm-hmm. But then you think about, like, maybe Tutu Atwell. You know, yep. you look at a couple of cases across the league of other uh, smaller, fast wide receivers. Uh, Zay Flowers is getting tons of uh, 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 targets and in, in screen passes and also um, Tyree Kill. And so mm-hmm. you just put Cooper Cup, put Pukunuku out there, kind of, uh, you know, nice uh, bubble screens right in front of him, and he just – gets up to speed and he's able to 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 use that speed to pick up just a, a bunch of yards you know i can see that in my head that's a you know that would just be an easy thing to do if they're if they're showing blitz and you got you know eight yards to go which you know they've they put themselves in that situation several times that would just give themselves a chance to uh you know pick up you know extra yards and and stafford has been that as uh is down in his play action pay uh uh play action uh play calling so far this year he has he's uh, they're operating at about uh 17 of his mm. uh dropbacks are in play action and he's actually doing a really phenomenal job from play action <clears throat> this year uh you know his he's had over, about half of his big time throws uh, a pff stat have come in play action uh he's got a, a deeper uh average yards of de- uh, depth of target uh in those opportunities and he's actually got a higher NFL passer rating, it, it, you know, in, in uh, play action passes. And it's always been something that's been a part of the McVay offense. And he pulled back mm-hmm. a lot with uh, Jared Goff just because as a quarterback, uh, play action, you're turning your back to uh, defenses. And J- Jared Goff just was having a hard time operating in that. Once that kind of, uh, you know, once defenses started to change their looks uh, post-snap, post he just had a hard time with that, but it's something that you know a veteran like Stafford, who's got the arm talent, can can really exploit those kinds of things. So those are yeah, the offensive, the offensive notes. Yeah, and I was just gonna jump in there. Uh, you know, this goes into our point all the time. Like the play action only works if you commit to running the football. Because <laughs> if you're not gonna run it, they know that the play action is BS, right? Like you're not okay. Yeah. Well, that's clearly a play action because they're not running the football because they never do. So that's just another point is like why you have to commit to the run. So then the play action actually means something. Sorry. I just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and it's a fantastic point. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen that when he has committed uh, to the run, Sean McVay, that is uh, that the run is working really well this year. Um, they're running the gap scheme. I've, I've, I've pounded the table at the fourth highest rate and they're in the league. They've, and they've, that's a dramatic shift from last year and the years before. And, and um, you know, they just, they just need to commit to it. And it's hard to, it's hard to make that ask when um, you know, your, your two running backs are out. Um, but going back to the screen game, Daryl, Daryl Henderson has been in uh, just for a couple games and he already has as many yards as, uh, Puka Nakua does in the screen passes, so he's he's a weapon there. They used a nice uh, pass to him in the Super Bowl to pick up a big chunk of yards, and mm-hmm. um, you know it, the 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 passing game two running backs has just just been a mystery since Todd Gurley left. Uh, it just does not seem like they want to use that. They've never really uh, committed to using it that that much, even though 
when using it, it picks up big yards. And it could be one of those things where the uh, defense is just not expecting it. And so it's, you know, it'll work mm -hmm. here and there, but, you know, obviously something's not working in this offense um, where they're able to consistently move the ball and running the ball is one of them. Um, but, you know, setting your quarterback up for success to, you know, pick up yards when you're, when you are facing pressure, uh, just giving them that, that, that outlet um, that that's just provides so much more. And, you know, you know, two, two in the screen game, I think would work, but I also think two, two is being underutilized just mm -hmm. overall, you know, where we, you know, uh, Deshaun Jackson was with the team for a short amount of time. Uh, I don't know if people remember that, but he was there. And there was just some, there was, you know, he didn't get used a lot, but, you know, in the, in the few games that he was, he caught a, a couple of really nice deep passes. And I think I can see Tutu being used in that, in that way. And just let's air it out a little bit. Let's create a little bit um, of uh, offense in, in that way. Just, you know, it's in a way it's a, it's, you know, Sean McVay does, has used things like arm punts where they just heave it, heave it downfield on third and whatever to third and long to try to pick up something. Maybe it'll happen. And, you know, then, then I'll, you know, call the draw play. Everybody loves, loves to see a third and 12 uh, draw play just to pick up mm -hmm. four yards or whatever, you know, give yourself a chance to uh, pick up a nice chunk of yards on third down on an actually designed play. That's meant to do uh, what you want it to do. And, uh, you know, yeah. it just kind of goes back to that idea of being aggressive uh, and being forward thinking. And uh, yeah, so that's well, the screen game is definitely something that has been lacking. I agree. And that was like the bread and butter of the McVay offense and what he built. And we remember the days back with with Cooper Cup, obviously, but with Robert Woods and and uh, Sammy Watkins back in the day and and Brandon cooks. I mean, there was such a, an emphasis on, on, you know, giving those receivers in space. And that's why to be a receiver in the McVay offense, you have to be a very good blocking receiver because not only are you tasked to block in the run game, but also in the screen game. So I totally agree. Cooper cup and Puka Nakora are both very good blocking receivers. So get them out to the wings and have Tutu Atwell run on a jet sweep or run across on a, on a, um, you know, in motion before the play snaps and get him in that bubble screen and let him, you know, go to work and see what he does. There's also Ben Skoranek, who we haven't seen all year long, and he doesn't definitely have the speed that any of probably of the other receivers have. Him and Puka Nakua are probably closer in terms of breakaway speed, but, you know, has a bigger body, as we've seen, lining up as a tight end and fullback uh, a lot last year. So he's a guy that maybe can be that bowling ball. If you need just, you know, a screen on third and three or something, and just a bigger body to get you over that first down marker. So completely agree. I think it's an underutilized play call that they haven't done a lot or just haven't had a lot of success for whether it's personnel issues, whether it's trust in the play design or whatever it may be. Um, but even when they have run it, they haven't run it to success and it's like defenses are sniffing it out. So there definitely needs to be more um, deception there on, on when they're going to use it and whatnot. And, and even if they can't dis disguise it, just execute it better. So I yeah. really agree that red zone offense and the screen game, I think are real big points of emphasis is bye week hopefully. Well, and also Tyler Higby is also a kind of a mystery man out there as well, where he was always not a huge part of the offense, but an integral part of the offense, where, yeah. especially in, in those kind of short passing downs where just picking up a few yards, getting to the sticks and, and, and getting that first down. And, you know, Sean McVay said that he's, he's hurt and he's got something on his hand that's restricting his, his move, his mobility with one hand. And then last week uh, kind of coming up limp with the other hand. And they, mm -hmm. that's just another area that they, they currently, they haven't put anybody else 
in position to kind of show that they can rise to the occasion. I won't say that they haven't, uh, they don't have anybody on roster because it's a, it's a position where they continually add people. Um, but they've just never, we're not seeing, we're not seeing a lot from Higby and we're not seeing And we're not seeing anybody else behind him. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, that's, that's just another thing that I, I don't know if they'll fix it in the bye week but just another kind of question that I have. And they, and I feel like they need, they, they need to come up with a, a fix there um, just to give Stafford just another option mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that they can find a guy in space that can keep moving, moving the chains. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if, if you, they're banged up on the offensive line, you need to run 12 personnel or whatever it may be. There's going to be an emphasis on the tight ends and what they're able to do. And uh, obviously you got to run block, but if they're able to add something to the aerial attack, which we haven't seen really this year, that just it adds that much more to the weaponry for, for Stafford or if Carson Wentz is ever playing. So um, yeah, those are, those are definitely big keys. Anything else can you to add or are we ready to go off into the bye week sunset? No, I think, uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. There we go. So, well, it's a stress-free weekend, Rams fans. Hopefully you can just jump on Underdog Fantasy, promo code RAMSLAFB, and have some fun watching the other games, watching Red Zone, and you don't have to stress about this Rams team for another week. And then we can go and enjoy time at SoFi as they welcome Seattle next week, which we'll get all into next week. But thank you all for hanging out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We appreciate it. If you're not, go to the YouTube. It's Rams LAFB. Real easy to find. That's where all of our Rams videos will be, including this podcast. Or just go to the website, lafbnetwork.com, for all of our Rams content, plus Trojans, UCLA, and Chargers, if you're interested in any of that. For Ryan Skinny T. Anderson, I'm Ryan Dybert. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Enjoy the bye week. We'll see you all next week. 